everyone, I'm Jennifer Yepes Blundell, and welcome to the Startup CPG Podcast, a community dedicated to helping young CPG brands succeed by offering opportunities to shine and access to resources. One of the investments we wanted to provide was to give our community access to one-on-one qualitative insights, a focus group of sorts, really digging into the minds of today's vast consumer base. You can tap into these episodes for insights, for strategic planning, product innovation, or building out marketing personas. Today's conversation is adding to that library, and it's a discussion with a health-conscious Midwest mama who is leading her family towards a sustainable future. Enjoy! Well, welcome, Emily. I'm so happy that you're with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to chat. Yes, yeah, so you and I have not met. This is a new conversation. So tell me a little bit about you. Yeah, um, let's see. I'm a little bit of everything. I'm like this hodgepodge. So I'm a wife and a mom. Um, I'm actually an MBA student right now. Uh, so I'm like three quarters of the way through my program. I run my own business and um, I am in sales, so I'm just like all over the place. Tell me a little bit about where you live. Yeah, so um, I'm actually an Indiana native, um, born and raised. Did a super short stint in Minnesota, so I didn't get very far out of the the Midwest. But I've I've traveled all over. What are the things that make you uniquely Midwestern? Um, Corn and farming. Do you eat corn in your diet? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a staple, but I eat it. So tell me a little bit about how you feed your family. Well, we're we're pretty health conscious, um, my husband and I. We're we're not plant based, so we do consume meat. You know, this is a big farming area, so you know, farming runs deep in in our region. So uh, we we do eat meat, but we're also, um, you know, we don't do dairy. We don't eat a lot of processed foods or processed sugars. Uh, We really limit those kind of items in our diet. Uh, We have a two and a half year old son. So obviously we want to instill really good eating habits and health habits in his diet. And so we try to make, you know, really wise, healthy choices, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, some meat, but I also do a lot of plant-based snacks. And I think that's more so from a sustainability aspect for me personally, like what's important to me, because I know the meat industry as a whole, um, you know, they... They take up a lot of resources and they put out of a lot of emissions um, that the plant-based industry has been trying, I guess, to counteract. So it's it's kind of important to me to get both worlds. So I'm hearing healthy. I'm hearing sustainable. Did you grow up this way? Is that Was that important to your family and your upbringing? Or is this something that you chose as an adult or as a mother? Great question. Um, I was not brought up that way. No, we were a meat and potatoes and hamburger helper kind of family. Um, I definitely wouldn't say that, you know, we were unhealthy. Um, my my mom cooked every, every evening for us. Um, she's a wonderful cook still to this day. But lots of butter, lots of salt. Um, lots of fat in, in our diets. Um, and so, and, and as far as sustainability, you know, uh, dating myself here back in the 90s, uh, this wasn't, you know, sustainability wasn't really something that people talked about or that people cared about. Um, 
And so as an adult, uh, I started making healthier decisions um, right out of college. And then my husband and I met a few years later and I got pregnant after we got married. And when I got pregnant, I just started researching everything. I mean, literally everything. I think every mom-to-be does that. Um, And you just literally go into this rabbit hole like, (laughs) and you never really come out. What was your decision behind Dairy Free? You know, I I hate to speak ill of any industry, and I'd never want to do that. Like I said, we're a big farming, farming community here. Um, I think that for me personally, um, I found that, uh, and mind you, I was the, as I was growing up, I was drinking a gallon of milk a week by myself, okay? So um, eating tons of cheese, consuming ice cream. So, I mean, heavy dairy family. But as an adult, I started kind of doing an elimination diet to see what would make me feel better, what would make me feel worse. And I found that dairy was a trigger to digestive upset, ended up resulting in me not sleeping well. I didn't have very much energy. And it just had this trickle down effect. So I knew I had some sort of insensitivity to it or sensitivity to it, I guess. Um, So I, I eliminated it from my diet. And then when my husband and I met, Uh, He was where I used to be, so eating cheese by the pounds. So I had to slowly wean him of that habit, and he actually started feeling better as well. And so with our son, it was really a no-brainer at that point just not to bring dairy in the house. And yeah, that's that's why I guess um, I stay away from dairy. You mentioned that you changed the way that your husband would approach food and dairy, and that was a slower process. Is he like all in now or is it a daily battle with him and your little boy? Um, I would say my husband's like 95% in. Um, you know, if he he has realized that when he goes to the store and he he buys items cuz he does uh, our grocery shopping um depending on how busy I am. Uh, He kind of knows better at this point than to bring home any dairy items, um, both for myself and for my son. And he knows like it's silly to just buy it for himself. So he actually has started to really enjoy like trying new plant-based cheeses and yogurts and all these new brands. And he'll come to me and be like, hey, this one's not bad. Let's try this again. Um, So it's kind of, you know, nice to see his eyes light up and go, okay, like this isn't as bad as I thought it would be. So talk to me about your little guy, right? As moms, we just want to protect our children and give them the best opportunities. And that comes in the form of nourishment and food as well. What is he like? How do you find new snacks? My son is, and I'm sure like all moms say this, right? But like my son is a firecracker. He's extremely independent at two and a half. He's on the go. He never slows down. Very verbal, talks a lot. And he's very, very intelligent. And so I was always concerned that I would like somehow end up with a picky eater. Uh, I eat basically anything and everything. And my husband is a little bit more picky than I am. So I was really concerned. Like, how am I going to get him nutritious food to make sure that he is just like you said, you know, being nourished and he's growing and his brain and body are being fed. So what I really look for, for him is obviously kids need a lot higher fat content than adults do. And they need carbs, a lot more carbs than adults do, but those carbs are supposed to be smart carbs. So maybe he is getting them from sweet potatoes or Um, you know, something along those lines. He's not getting the carbs necessarily from sugars, like what we consider 
a carb, typically we think sugar, and then protein, making sure he's getting enough protein. And there are some days when, you know, he loves steak, he loves pork chops, he loves chicken. And some days he's just not feeling it. He doesn't want to eat meat. And I don't force food down his throat. So I'll make him a protein shake. I'll make him a peanut butter protein shake, plant-based protein that, you know, is really, really good for him. And he will drink it right down without a second thought. And he doesn't know that he's getting 20 grams of protein. Um, but I do. And then, so I smile. <laughs> so you're at the park, you're at a birthday party and that familiar, you know, yellow square cracker or the goldfish crackers come out. Are you deterring him from eating that or you're just like, okay, it's a party, just go for it? Uh, I never deter him from eating things. I think that when we restrict our children's diet too much, in my opinion, that leads to them overeating when they are around that food. So I would much rather him experience it in small amounts and decide for himself whether he likes it or not. And then I just know not to bring it into my house. You know, if it's it's a if it's a one-off occasion like a party, it's okay, but you know, we don't necessarily bring it into the home. And I think that's that's helping him also choose healthy habits, right? So he's, you know, there might be a plant-based alternative and he might go, "Ooh, you know, this tastes funny." Uh where his plant-based cracker at home, he's eating and he absolutely loves them. Um and I find that too. You know, he won't even drink dairy milk. He spits it out because he doesn't he doesn't like the texture and the flavor. The same thing with some other foods. He will, you know, the traditional stuff that we probably grew up with, uh, he'll put it in his mouth and he'll give me a funny look like, what are you feeding me, woman? And he'll spit it out and he'll go for the healthier alternative because that's what he knows. Take me back to that moment when you started to realize perhaps those health issues were related to diet. That's a great question. So when you're a, a busy adult and you don't feel well, it's easy to just say, oh, I'm stressed or I'm tired or I have too much on my plate. And you just kind of ignore it. You um, push it away. And I got to a point where, you know, I reached an unhealthy weight. I was, you know, hitting a depressed point several years ago. And I just was like, you know, what can I change? Like, what do I need to do? I started doing a lot of research on um, the paleo diet. This is again, several years ago. And I said, you know what, like, what do I have to lose? I'm just going to try it. And that's when I started eliminating a lot of different foods and, you know, learning my body and learning the connection that the food we consume goes directly into our, our attitude, our mental state, our physical state, our energy levels, everything. So um, food is directly related to basically your output, like how productive you can be. At the beginning of the conversation that you said that you do eat meat, what is that decision for you? Is it just because of your Midwest roots? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that it's like necessarily a, a purpose driven decision. You know, my parents both started out, started out as farmers. They come from a line of farmers. So to some extent, I, I would almost feel like I'm betraying uh, my family if I totally cut out meat. But it also leads back to carbohydrate consumption. So my husband and I actually went vegan, uh, plant-based slash vegan, 
four or six months. Uh, we wanted to try it. We read all the data. We're like, okay, we're going to give this a go. And I actually ended up gaining a ton of weight. And I'm like, wait, why am I gaining this weight? Like, this doesn't make sense. This is like totally different than what we read. Well, as I started looking at what I was consuming, you know, beans and rice and um, heavily processed foods that are vegan, like for instance, Oreos can claim that they're vegan. I realized that I was eating so many carbohydrates and I sit at a, a desk job, you know, in my home office and I wasn't getting hardly any protein. So where is all that going? Well, it's staying in my system. It's turning to sugar, which turns into fat and I'm gaining weight. But a plant-based diet is totally different from a vegan diet, right? Like people will use them interchangeably, but they're not the same thing. Plant-based is like literally growing from the ground, growing from trees, nothing processed. So, you know, maybe I will try that in the future. But as far as like eating meat right now, it's more protein and fewer carbs. So I think it's more of a dietary choice than it is like a purpose driven. You sound like a very informed consumer. And just knowing from you, you're in an MBA program, you take that research and that knowledge into your own hands. Through my MBA program, you know, I've had some marketing classes and some other classes, and you have to do a lot of in-depth research. Um, I just finished up a marketing class where you basically had to build a brand from scratch. And so you're looking at all of these consumer insights. You're looking at what consumers want and figuring out those trends and how you can stay ahead of those trends to be the next you know, big brand, how you can stay relevant. And when you're doing all this research, you're, you're really understanding or you're getting a better perspective of what foods are healthy or what foods are considered healthy and what foods really aren't. And I think as we gain more knowledge as a society in general and consumers are, are more educated, that's where we're seeing these like shifts in, you know, going plant-based. How do you shop for food? We're pretty simple. We actually we actually prefer to go to the grocery store. Uh, we live on a budget. We like to make sure that we're spending, you know, a certain amount of money on groceries. And so we actually like to physically go to the store. I don't like to shop online, mainly because we eat a lot of produce, especially fruits and vegetables. And I'm super picky about, you know, what they look like and how fresh they are. Uh, you know, think of bananas. Like some people love green bananas and some people love brown bananas, right? You want to get what you love. And so we do a lot of shopping at Kroger. We love Aldi. Aldi has wonderful prices and Aldi brings in a lot of stuff that you wouldn't think. Like they do a lot of dairy-free stuff. They do a lot of plant-based. Um, they bring in a lot of cool items. And then a Sam's Club if we need to buy anything in bulk. Do you find that it's hard to find healthier options, dairy-free options in those types of big box stores? Yes and no. So I think Kroger in our area does a really good job of bringing in a, a pretty decent uh, selection uh, Aldi, it's hit or miss depending on what they buy. Sam's Club is almost next to nothing. They literally have one thing of almond milk and that is it. Like they don't have any other substitutes that are dairy-free. Um, and, you know, I even like dairy-free yogurt and things along those lines. So it is a challenge in my area to find like really good dairy-free brands. Are you a big fan of finding new brands? And if so, how do you find them? Do you do your own research? Is it through social? Is it through digital ads? Yeah, I'm a big fan of finding new brands. And mainly, 
I think it's from the aspect of like, I'm a small business owner and I come from a family of small business owners. So typically for me, searching for a new brand is to, is to support another small business. Um, that's the main goal. And then the secondary goal is to find a healthy snack option. So like I said, we have a two and a half year old son. Um, I obviously have a lot on my plate with scheduling. So when I'm snacking, I, I do what I call like purposeful snacking. So I'm looking for a better for me snack. So when I'm searching for brands, typically it's either my friends recommend them. So, you know, maybe their kids like them or they like them. So they recommend it to me or it pops up on potentially like a social media platform. I actually don't use social media very often. So a lot of it's just like, you know, articles or recommendations from friends or family. So you mentioned that you don't prefer to shop online, but there are a lot of um, direct-to-consumer and option packages, right, that include snacks um, that are sent right to your door. Do you participate in any of those? Do those interest you at all? They would interest me, but I haven't found a cost association that I really like, you know, if it's a box of 10 items and it's $75, you know, I would much rather just go to the store and like see something in person, like a tangible item, touch, feel, see before I buy it. The, the snack boxes that are out there, I haven't found anything that I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good deal to try these brands. You are a very sophisticated consumer, right? You're doing your brand research, you know what you like, and you've mentioned sustainability a few times. When you're choosing brands, is that something in the back of your mind or is it at the forefront and you're actively seeking brands who are trying to make the world a better place and this planet a better place? I would say that's constantly evolving. Um, when it first started, it was really at the back of my mind, like, oh, that's a plus. You know, they're sustainable. That's cool. That's a plus. Um, I'll support that. And then over the past probably year, it's be, it's really become to the, the front of my brain. So when I'm looking for a snack, I'm saying, okay, what ingredients are they using and how could this be sourced? And I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to go on Google and figure out how something is sourced or how it's processed to understand. You know, I think that companies are becoming so creative um, in a lot of areas that I'm seeing products out there on the marketplace that help with sustainability. And so it's, it's becoming almost a necessity when I start looking at new brands that I'm bringing into the home. How can brands do a better job or give me some examples of brands that you like who are doing a good job to make it simple for the consumer. I think that we've reached this um, time period where brands are almost overkilling their their key features, right? So like you'll pick up a package and you'll see like 12 call outs on the front and it's like, you know, everything free, like soy free, dairy free, gluten free. And then it's like non-GMO, organic, made with this, made with that. And you're like, you're almost overwhelmed. You're like, okay, um, I don't know where to start. I'm just going to put this back and walk away. So I think that like how brands can make it easier is like, I understand there are so many amazing brands out there right now, but maybe just pick like a couple to put on the front of the package and then put the rest on the back, you know, that way you're not overwhelming the consumer. That's like probably my biggest suggestion from like a consumer standpoint, because there've been many times I've picked up a package and been completely overwhelmed with what's going on and just put it back because you don't, you don't even know how to digest the information that's being sent to you. How does a brand find you, Emily, as a consumer, right? You said that you're not too much on social. 
So is it email? Is it just tracking your footprint? Tell me how a brand can get a consumer like you. Yeah, that's a really good question. I honestly, um, I don't really like social media, especially in the last few years. And so, you know, a lot of my time is spent like reading articles. So honestly, and you know, most people are probably going to hate this, but I think using um, like browsing history, like cookies on websites is probably the best way to like analyze that data of like what I'm looking at and what I'm (laughs) researching. I know it's like weird privacy, but the main reason is, is like you said, there's not a great way. Um, Commercials, which I know are, you know, obviously expensive and Honestly, that's a great question. (laughs) I don't know how you can reach me. Maybe I'll give somebody my phone number. I don't know. (laughs) It's just out of curiosity, right? Because especially nowadays, a lot of consumers say they get influenced or find new brands through that social aspect. So I was just curious. Is that's just a, a personal choice of yours not to be in that area? Yeah. And and actually I'm finding it um, a lot more in, you know, I have this really amazing network of mom friends. Uh, you know, we all have kids around the same age. We're all that like millennial mom who's focused on healthy foods and healthy lifestyle. And I'm finding more and more that uh, we're leaving social media. You know, we're we're tired of negativity, we're tired of bullying, we're tired of, you know, certain messaging. We're just tired of it. We don't want to see it anymore. We don't want our kids to see it. We want to be more present than our parents were with us because our parents were always working or they were always doing something and we're putting our phones down. We're being present with our children. And so getting to us is a little bit harder. And then also, you know, there's so much competition out there anyway with other brands that like breaking through that noise can be challenging. So as far as like email marketing, no, I pretty much just delete any <laughs> junk emails I get because I don't have time. The, I guess the other with the way would be, you know, like pop-up advertising, you know, like we all have those annoying pop-ups that pop up, but they're there for a reason. Uh, I love when I go to a new site and it pops up with like 10% off your first purchase. Give us your email address. And I'm like, okay, I'll give you my email address for 10% off. <laughs> like, No problem. Here it is. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Startup CPG is a national community. So come connect with thousands of brands and partners via our Slack channel. Get the invite at startupcpg.com. Startup CPG podcast is executive produced by me, Jennifer Yepes Blundell, theme music by the Super Fantastics. And don't forget to check out our other consumer profiles and be on the lookout for new ones. If you have any suggestions, we love hearing from you. Email us at podcast at startupcpg.com. And remember to leave a review, subscribe, or follow us wherever you're listening. See you next time.